0: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. In this edition, we're going to pick up on, on some footage we got from last year. Uh, Gary O'Reilly and Chuck Nice, my co hosts, they went behind the scenes at the U.S. Open and they got to talk with David Ramos. And he's the Director of Coaching Education and Performance Analytics for the United States Tennis Association. And they talked about how data and AI is revolutionizing tennis, as you might suspect. Check it out.
1: So Here we are with Dave Ramos at the U.S. Open Tennis. Dave is Senior Manager of Coaching Education. And, and per- I love this bit and performance, performance analytics. analytics.
2: Sounds hey, good. No, we love
1: that. We do. We love. We us love that. We love some analytics, man. I mean, so, just break down briefly what it is your
2: role involves here sure. at the USTA. And I'll talk a little bit about like the evolution of it because it started. Starting, I was I about do. to say. Yeah. at one. That's why there's two titles because it right. started one but, place and went to another.
3: Because you. You don't have to go back too far to find out where performance analytics started, you know? Uh, It
2: hasn't been too much time. It hasn't been too much time, so go ahead. Yeah, so um, I actually went to school at Ferris State University up in Michigan, and they had this professional tennis management program. All right. So I always have to start there because that's sort of my beginning. Cool. And um, that's sort of the reason I got into coaching education at the USTA and player development is that uh, it, it, at PTM, I was an instructor for college students who are going to become tennis professionals. Nice. So I went through okay. that program as a, as a college student myself. I played on the tennis team there. Then I was an instructor there for uh, six years. And then I got a master's degree. And in order to complete my master's degree, I did a work experience at player development nice so okay. I had done tons of video analysis and so forth with my own college students and they taught uh, students at Ferris State how to use Dartfish specifically as a, as a solution um, but when I left Ferris State I wanted to get into doing match analysis so taking matches adding data to matches and tagging them so that I could use you know video in a way that I had with technique but to improve match play specifically so you were kind of doing
3: what we all know that every NFL team does, which is, yo, let's watch film on
2: this team. We're playing the Packers this Sunday. Let's watch some film. It's commonplace, and in 2007, it wasn't a whole lot of that going on in tennis. So when I I, I did a small work uh, internship for player development... Uh, they offered me a full-time job after about four years sweet. So 2009 2010 uh, we started dabbling in some of the tagging did some technique analysis and then uh, 2012 when Jim Curry became the Davis Cup captain I raised my hand and said hey guys if you're interested I can provide scouting and analytics for Davis Cup. Wow. So I, I drafted a couple of professional tennis management students who are around the country trained them online and we tagged like 150 matches that year remotely and gave all the data and information to Davis Cup. Oh, you, so so well. you, you so tagged it, it remotely, coaching. you didn't yeah. have
1: to attend each match. We just match. send
2: them the matches, I sent them the software, they tagged them, they give them back to me. We put it all together and check it, and then we started creating custom graphics. So now I'm,
1: I'm going to get into the weeds. How long yeah. does it take to tag a
3: game? Yeah. And how long does it take to tag a match?
1: And then what does that
2: data set look yeah. like? How big is the data set that you pull out it's, of something like that? It really depends on how good you are, okay? So when, you, when yeah. you're first starting, yeah. Yeah. if a match is two hours, it'll probably take you double, it'll take you four hours sure. to do it. Then as you get better and better, you can sort of go twice speed, and maybe you can get less than You real-time. know what you're
1: looking for then. Yeah, yeah. so,
2: you're, so uh, you're adding events about how the point starts, how the point finishes. Right. You miss all the stuff in the middle in terms of the total number of strokes, but you can also add that like it's a rally of 12 shots. So when okay, you're cool. looking at
1: this and reading this information, are you reading it for the player? Are you reading it as strategy? Mm-hmm. Or are you reading it for the coach? or all um, of the above?
2: You usually start with a general set where you're measuring how the points start and end for both players. Mm-hmm. Any net approaches, any winners, any errors, serve placement, return placement, that sort of stuff. Um, then once we get into providing it to somebody specific like Jim Currier, he'd say, well, don't mm. forget to add all the first serve missed. That's I want to it. see what those things are. Right. And yeah. a mental skill specialist might say, hey, for this particular person, I want you to tell me how much time they take in between points. So we start with a base and then from there we can uh, adapt it. So, that was really the start of what we would call the analytics department, which, which really wasn't formed until last year formally. Wow! But I started in coaching ed, and then it sort of grew as a side part of what services we could provide. So and now formally, we're focused in that area. I mean, we, we speak to a this. lot of a yeah, lot of
3: people in analytics and, and for many different um, sports. And as as big as this is becoming, um, when 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 you're looking at it for particular players. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of information. Sure. Do players actually get this information, or is it the team around them? Because I'm not sure. This is such a mental game. It's so mental. I'm not sure if I would want
2: all this information. You might be too in my head. Is there anybody who wants this information? Uh, It's really a... a, First, I'll say we actually have a performance analytics philosophy, and our philosophy is to first and foremost develop a relationship with the team and with the coach, um, and deliver all the things that they want specifically first and then once we have a relationship if they if they want us to deliver small bites of it to the player we will go ahead and do that but we work through the coach um, and there's some plenty of players out there who have no coach. Gotcha. So they need to they need they need the information directly and right. so if that's the request that's fine but typically we work through the co- the coach as well as the rest of the performance team which might be a mental skills yeah. specialist which right. might of course the strength and conditioning coach is always involved. Um, So, yeah, it's a coach-centered approach. And then they they have to filter out the few things that we might deliver to the player.
3: Are you building a database so that you might be able to go into a reservoir and pull out information on an opponent? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so there's two types of analytics. The one is that helps me as a player.
2: That's where I was going to start.
3: Yeah, that's me. But the the other type is I get to see your strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm and analyze that. Uh, Have we gotten to that point yet?
2: You know, we really started using it for developmental purposes first. That's for every player to know sort of where their true identity is, what the core game is, and to to clearly identify that. Because you'd be surprised, there are a lot of players, especially that you know that we're helping are up and coming and they don't really know their identity yet and they get confused when it's, let's say, playing a certain style of play or playing on a certain surface. Yeah. They, they get away from their core game. So number one is let's identify for our players what their core game is and let's try to measure the specific areas of focus that they're working on. Right? Mm. So okay. if an area of focus of our, one of our national coaches is the second serve or the winner-to-error ratio, right. we can literally look and you know, we do this about three or four times a year. We grab all their matches, we put them together, we say, you know, in the first quarter, your second serve percentage was 52%. Our goal was to go to 55%, and here it is. We hit 55%. How do we do that? We did it by mixing up the serve. So developmental purposes are first, and then secondary is to take all the matches we do for developmental purposes and then look at who the opponents are and put those together to create scouting information. So wow, development, is, development first, scouting second. second. See, That's for me, amazing.
1: I'd be building a historic database to for... A, game opponents to say right their first second serve was this historically now oh. it's this mm-hmm. this might change uh, I mean we did we did a show not that long ago with the authors of the MVP machine which is a baseball book and they're using the ultra high speed cameras I think it's mm mm-hmm. mhm are you into that kind of system? Because you're just that hitting
2: was, all the buttons. You, I'm breaking out the full vocabulary of what performance <laughs> Well, we do. That's means. why you're here. <laughs> this is it, can, man. It's great. It, I'm, I'm, I'm so, happy to have a chance to talk no, about it. No, so
1: the it. thing is, for me, looking at what the baseball guys did with the hitters and the pitchers, the ability to analyze just the minutest M- of movement changes a serve, changes a stroke. Are but you there now?
3: But more importantly, and here's... I, I, this is where it gets weird. That minutia is something somebody has to be able to come in and coach on top of.
2: Yep. You know? I mean... We, Someone's uh, happy uh, I'll, in I'll, the background. I'll answer the questions. <laughs> uh, there's a couple there. So one is, in addition to doing the analytics that we provide for qualies, we provide match analysis for qualies. So we get all the matches back to the Americans in the play. We give them information on their international opponents. Um, we produced... 100 matches that were not broadcast during the course of this tournament. And got them back to the players that played them, uh, played them, or their opponents within 24 hours by text message. So they love you. Before, right?
1: They love you, so, don't they? Yeah, of course, yeah.
2: because they're like they have an expectation when they play at the U.S. Open that every match here is broadcast. Well, right. that's not the case. That's not the case, especially for Qualies. So then the then the main draws comes up. We do the same exact thing. We Send everybody information on their opponents. We within 24 hours show them their own matches, which do go to a match analysis system here that the U.S. Open provides. Mm-hmm. However, virtually zero players log into it because they just. Don't know it's there yeah wow. but when they get a text message from us that supplies them with the scouting it says here's your uh, your match information on your opponent oh by the way here's your match and we also purchase hawkeye reports for every single match that's played here yeah wow. so we give them the highest level information and feedback that's possible during the main draw then myself and another team of specialized filmers go around to all the courts and film it with high speed and hd cameras we use the fs 700 yeah i used one with an external recorder that did 2k 240 frames a second continuous slow motion for the first time (laughs) wow where we're able to really look at the technique and common fundamentals of all the best players and then we can do side by side comparisons with developing americans and say the reason your serve isn't as good as these top players is okay you lack the leg drive you lack the cocking position you lack the toss consistency so we're really using high speed video to collect the parameters around which the best players play with but we can also detect small Problems or deficiencies in their technique, which don't allow them to do certain things. So, if you have an eastern forehand grip on your serve, yeah. you're going to have trouble hitting a kick serve. And your your toss is always to the right, and uh, you're not going to be able to hit a kick serve. So, we're able to deduce things from the technique that help us to uh, analyze things at a at a uh, t- an analytics perspective as well. So, wow, from the developing
1: a player's technical abilities, phenomenal and brilliant. I look at it now as the receiving end of a serve and i think about the baseball analogy with the pitcher and the hitter mm-hmm. remember what carlos beltran said he knew what, he was, knew coming. what was coming he read Which, by the, the way
3: by the way this is a sport Prime. where that reaction Prime. time is also is, is also very important close. very yeah. close yeah. you have to kind of almost know that person's game in order to play them so yeah. are
1: you are you analyzing for tells yeah. mm-hmm. on serves so, as well as just adapting technique for the individual.
2: That's, that's pretty much the number one. You know, when, it, when a coach or a player, maybe they're new, new to using analytics, they're the usually looking for where do players like to go right. on, the, on the pressure points. Yeah, right? absolutely. Well, you know, break points. Um, and if it's 50-50 or 30-30-30, then there's really nothing there. We say, hey, there's nothing there. But as you all know, whether it's Serena Williams, first serve on the ad side, is she going wide or T? What do you think? Why did T Serena Williams on the ad side? What's her number one serve? I'm, I'm going. The T. Is that T? Yeah. No, that's, that's
3: where slice I'm going. Slice T, right? Makes sense? I'm not going
2: to give out any stats, but we all know Serena Williams slice T on the ad side. That's her money serve, right? Yeah. Uh, best players in the world have a, a game plan A, but Serena can be a B and C because she's she's that diverse. When we yeah. go down to 130 in the world, there's a lot of players that don't have any B and C. And their A is really what they're going to stick to. Right. So if we can give a player one or two things, like, hey, on the, on the pressure points, this is where they like to go. And off the ground, this is where their better side is. And specifically, the, you know, this is really where they like to play. And so it's trying to give people, you want to give them good information about how to start points, and then we let them play tennis. After that, right? Oh, we don't that, want to get oh, into okay. the minutiae.
3: Right, 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 right. That makes sense yeah. too because then you're not, you're not overwhelming and, it's, it's, no. and that makes sense. Wow. that is All right, so now I'm moving on. This is, this is on, really cool, man. Because I told you I'd go in the weeds here. Right.
1: <sighs> Tennis, if you've got the ability to have pattern recognition, mm. right? Wow, yeah. Now, players do and don't. Some can develop. But how long before you go, hey, Watson, Analyze this. Been there, done
2: that. Thank yeah. you. We're, we've asked already, and uh, and uh, I want to save the best stuff for last, right? Of course. So, through our partnership with IBM, you know they've been a big sponsor at the U.S. Uh, yes. Open here forever. They provide the data and analytics around the tournament, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be one of a couple departments that's involved in this IBM innovation project. And through this innovation project, we have a couple of main goals. One of them is to use the richest source of data that we have available, which is Hawkeye data. All the courts now have Hawkeye data. All the courts now have detailed stats. So we have a combination of detailed stats and Hawkeye data and video that we're getting here at the Open for every single main draw match that we're using in real time to, again, get back to the athletes and to provide scouting round by round. Okay. So that's that's sort of step one. Step two is to then use AI to look at the patterns that we see within Hawkeye, like patterns of play from Deuce and the like the directions, and, it, and what's really critical is that, I told you we do point starting and point ending shots, but we're missing all the stuff in, in between. between. Yeah. Like, well, Hawkeye and then Watson, they're gonna get all the stuff in between, and they're gonna be able to look at every single shot and give us things about speed and spin, mm-hmm. right, and all these other, and contact point that's not really there in video, And then kind of break it down and say, hey, you know, just like the keys to the match that they provide on the IBM site, in the, the very near future, we're gonna be able to use AI to give us those qualities. Guys, we gotta take a quick break, but when we come back, we're gonna get the athlete's point
0: of view from the perspective of Nick Kyrgios. This is Star Talk Sports Edition. We're back, Star Talk Sports Edition, revolutionizing tennis. So we just came off of a segment with Dave Ramos. That's some crazy stuff that he's talking about. Uh, I guess inevitable when when you realize what role computers are playing in the rest of our lives. Uh, but why don't we get the point of view from a player, uh, a world ranked player? And oh, I, who told you? <laughs> so someone told you about my ranking, Neil. <laughs> so we got Nick. Nick Kyrgios. Nick, welcome to Star Talk Sports Edition. All right. Man, yeah, man. so you're, you're currently ranked 40th in the world by the Association of Tennis Professionals. And so you get to say you're in the top 40. That's a famous thing in America to be in the top 40. Um, stay there. If you're in the 41st, no one will know or pay <laughs> keep that top 40. Um, I look at the people you've beaten on first time out, and it's quite impressive. Federer, Nadal. I mean, you. So it's almost as though you have some secret thing that they, maybe they learn about later, but they don't know when they first meet you. Um, but let me just, just I, it's not often we get a like, full-up professional in the house. So tell me, what, how long did you know you wanted to be a professional? How, when did you figure out you were good at tennis?
4: Um, well, I actually played basketball when I was young first. Um, I started playing basketball when I was seven and also played tennis. And my dad and my, uh, my parents pushed me Strongly into tennis, um, and then coming from Australia, because
0: you never got above five feet tall, is it? That-
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a- I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually six foot. Are you six? Yeah, five? I was yeah. gonna say. He's- <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I-, I play basketball all the time, but um, I love it. Watch it, Boston, massive Boston Celtics fan. Watch it religiously. Um, but yeah, and you know, coming from Australia, the pathway into becoming a tennis player was a lot easier than making it in basketball. So. Yeah, I went along with that, and it turned out it turned out pretty good.
3: Yeah, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I, I see you're given the understatements as well, so that's a good um, thing. Yeah. yeah, but so, so but, you know, Australia has quite the
0: tennis legacy. It's also being one of the arms yeah. of the Grand Slam and uh, the Australia Open. Was did that in- intrigue you from early on? Was it? I mean, let me ask it differently.
4: Does that contest completely occupy Aussies when it's going on? Um, yeah, we, we do get reminded of our rich culture in this sport all the time. Um, you know, we have a very heavy weight to carry, you know, with past champions, obviously Leighton Hewitt, you know, still, uh, is our Davis cup captain. Davis cup is a team event that includes all, all the countries and, you know, he, he's an amazing guy. He mentors us all, but yeah, we, we do get reminded and it, it does weigh on our heads a little bit how much we do carry when we go out on the court every time. But as I said, I actually watch basketball every single day of my life. And that was my first love, my first passion. And I carry that swagger, people call it, onto the court now because all my role models are basketball players. Yeah, and I It's
3: it's so good. You're just so much fun to watch. It's so much fun watching you play, and it's so much fun listening to your comments. And, you know, so Nick has been kind of, I'll say, uh, finger-wagged by the organization a couple of times for things that he said, but yet somehow they always have a microphone on him.
4: (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's, everyone's watching.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, who's, who's fooling who here? I think secretly they love it. I think secretly they're just like, Oh my God, he's going to say something. We can't wait for him to say something. Cause every time you do it, it makes, it makes, it brings people's attention
4: back to them. Well, you know. of course. I mean, at the end of the day, like, sports entertainment, and I know that. And I know that where I am in the tennis world, like, I, they've kind of given me all this power, like, because I know that everyone's watching when I play. Everyone's, like, all their eyes are on me. So I know that I'm just having some fun out there. Like, I just do my thing. And my, my, my role models, Kevin Garnett. So you know how things can oh, get dicey what? out there from time to time.
3: <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah.
1: So, Nick, if you're a baller and you're 6'5", and you've obviously got a game, and you're thinking, I can do this. What's the moment? I know you said the pathway was that much easier, probably for tennis, but there had to be a moment where you just went, "I really can do this." Was was that light bulb moment? When when did that occur for you?
4: Well, at fourteen, I, I was shooting hoops at the back of my house, and uh, my dad pretty much just came out and said, "You can't play, um, you can't play basketball anymore." Like he pretty much just gave me the conversation saying, "You can't play basketball anymore. It's going to affect. It's going to give you injuries." And then. It kind of just happened really fast for me. I was seventeen. Um, I was playing just general tournaments, challenger tournaments, they're called. Um, and then I played qualifying of a tournament before Wimbledon, made Wimbledon, and then ended up beating Nadal for the first time. And then ever since then, my life's completely changed. Um, the spotlight has just been on my life ever since that day. So, mm. Is, I'm curious something in tennis. Um, yep.
0: As the ball comes toward just, I mean, we have 20 other things we should ask you, but I want to I get this out of my head. Um, if you are 6'5", yep. the length of your arm plus the length of the racket yep. is a huge cross-section on your yep. side of the court. Yep. So why aren't more tennis players tall? Would you have to have a level of court of basketball swagger and coordination to pull it off?
3: Whoa. No, because the Joker is not has no swagger, none. Okay. The Joker has yeah. no swagger at all, and yeah. he's probably taller than than taller than Nick. But right. when it comes uh. when it comes to swagger, he's about four foot two. <laughs> The Napoleon of swagger. I'm just saying, you know. And Napoleonic <laughs> swagger. And and, and and listen, we're talking about one of my favorite players. Like, technically, I love to watch the guy play. I love watching Okay, but well, Chuck, I didn't ask you the question. So. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and, anyway, go hey, ahead, Nick. Sorry. Tell, um, tell me about your, your cross-section of yeah. uh, interaction with the ball.
4: Well, I definitely think, like, there's, I mean, in today's day and age, there's a lot of players on tour now that are actually quite tall and can move and are athletically more gifted these days. So, I guess having long levers, it definitely helps with my serve. Uh, my serve is my, my best shot. And, I mean, having long levers, I think you'll be able to generate way more power. And I feel like you just you can cover more of the court as well. But back to Djokovic, like, he's only – he's I think he's about six foot two. He's pretty tall, but um, he moves. His movement – I mean, you, you tend to lose a little bit of movement the taller you are. Like, that's just how it happens in tennis. And that's why Djokovic moves. I mean, his movement side to side, forwards – it's, oh, it's, it's great. Unbelievable. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. The yeah, he's unbelievable.
3: He gets to the ball like you can't believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't realize he was only 6'2. I thought he was a little taller because he's so lanky. But I yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, but 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 Chuck, if I have a
0: a, a big wingspan, I yeah. don't have to get to the ball. I just reach for it.
3: That's all I'm saying. I don't have to be where the ball is. The, just, the only thing that has to be where the ball is is the racket. That's true. Um, however, I have to say, when you look at Nick's game, Nick has this devastating forehand that he takes, it almost looks like you take the ball and scoop it up and then yeah. like turn it over and then like slam it down on the other side of the court. And every time you do it, it's like a thing of beauty, man. It's like one of my favorite things to that. see. It's one of my favorite things to see, but yeah. So, uh, Neil is right. Yeah. If you're, I, I guess being tall and having, like you said, that levers is, 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 a, is an advantage, you know? So let's get on to analytics. So yeah. So how, how 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 big a part
0: of your life is this? Tennis? No. no. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Excuse me. How big a part of your life is tennis analytics?
4: <laughs> oh right. I was like um, tennis analytics. Well, I mean, so when when I actually got told that you know you guys wanted to have a chat, now I was all I was pretty excited to get on. To get on here and um tennis analytics for me it's funny because like I've never been a big stat guy like when people come to me or like there's like a lot of stats of who I'm playing and they say look this is where the guy likes to serve this is what he likes to do on big points this is what he likes to play in general this is his style of play I actually don't really like having any stats or anything in my head like I just love going out there playing completely on instinct um feeling the feeling the opponent out I obviously know their strengths and weaknesses and what they tend to do under pressure, but that's about it. I, I really don't like going out there with much information. I like just playing my game and I, and just having fun.
3: Let Let me follow up on that then with like your in game analytics, okay? Because uh, you know, one of the things that I enjoy watching about you when you play is that you frustrate opponents, and that is mental, but it is also technical, because you'll do things like get to the ball and you'll return shots that they know should have beaten you and when you return it you can see them deflate and the mental error that they make right after that it's normally net and i'm like this guy i actually i don't know what match it was and you were talking to yourself and you were saying stuff like this is what happens when you play uh it's what Facebook. happens when you stay up all night playing PlayStation. This is what happened. Like, and you're talking to yourself. Okay. Uh, so he's actually chiding himself about, you know, his game. But the other guy is listening. And then you guys had like a super cool rally. And he put something down the line and you came over and you kind of swatted it from behind almost. It goes back, and of course he hits it in the net. And then you're like this. You're like this. Well, well. well, well. <laughs> Yeah, well, what well, do you well, well, have? Yeah, yeah. And you could see, you could see the the opponent. I love it. That's,
0: that's how I roll.
3: That's yeah. What, that's what, I, that's what, what did you expect? Right. And, so, <laughs> and so you see, yeah. And the, your point is, Chuck. Yeah, right. But you see that you see the opponent getting kind of frustrated, getting mad, and I'm wondering, is this part of your game? Is are you
4: doing this? Are you screwing with these people? Or I mean, is that part of your game? Well. The you way you yes. said that's actually it. Actually, yeah, it actually like reminds me because you know when I played when I first came onto the tour, the tour and I saw like Djokovic, Federer, Nadal, all these like top professionals and obviously when I was a kid I was very overweight. Um, I got told by like a lot of the coaches in Australia, my teachers, even like people were just telling me like I wasn't going to be any good. Like I heard that over and over and over again. And I mean I was winning matches and I didn't really have anything to say because I was very insecure about my weight. Like I was I was kind of bullied during school as well. And then. When I got on tour, I was just like, I'm playing my own style of tennis. And it's like, it's kind of like street tennis. Like, I mean, I just grew, I grew up playing like 10 minutes at this really, really bad like facility, like five minutes from my house, basically concrete courts. And then when I'm playing these guys, I kind of just kept it like, I, I just call it street tennis. Like I play drop shots. I play like right. very un- unconventional shots. And then like, when I played Djokovic, Federer, Nadal first time, when I've, I've, I've beaten Djokovic and Nadal multiple times now, like they just tend to struggle with like, tennis that's very unconventional and they don't know what to do with it. Like, if they haven't seen it before, they just kind of, like, they look at their, like, teams in the boxes in the crowd and they're like, what, what is this? Like, what is this junk that I'm playing against at the moment?
0: Does this mean you're mostly self-taught in that sense?
4: Oh, yeah, I don't have a coach. I haven't had a coach for about five, like well, four or five years
0: now. Oh, that's the answer because, for example, uh, you know, just to do a cross-pollination here, um, in chess, um, Bobby Fischer was mostly self-taught. And he yep. bursts out on the scene, and he's making moves that nobody saw before, nobody could imagine doing, and yep. he just came from another place. And uh, that was part of what worked for him. And so, yep. uh, so to, does this mean, then, that you can create a whole new school of tennis around cool. the, your innovations that no, no one knew to anticipate?
4: Well, definitely that—that's my goal. Um, what I want to leave on this sport is not nothing. I mean, obviously, I want to, you know, have great results and stuff. But you know, I think to this day already with my following on social media and everything, my goal is just to to inspire like the youth that you know being told they won't be very good, like to play a certain way, to do things a certain way. Like, just I—I I, I want to just tell like I just want them to believe that they can do it their own way. Like, there's all different. Everyone's different. There's different pathways to to get to a level. Like, you can do it your own way, and that's what I've done. And I've been a coach now for almost five years and I'm, um, you know, creating new shots that, you know, people are now playing. Um, and, you know, I obviously had a couple of coaches when I was young to, you know, build my foundation, but I, that's, that's my goal at the moment. I just want to, you know, inspire the, the young young, pe- the young okay, people. Okay, but we, to, that, that, to that next thing.
0: generation is going to be fed analytics. They're going to know all about you. They're going to know about their own physiology. And yep. surely tennis is going to be transformed, if not already by this. And could there be a day where you're just going to be, you're this old fashioned guy and he's, he does it the old way, but now I'm being informed by the AI that's
4: telling me about you and telling me about me. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think that's going to take over the sport. And it, it already has. Like you, I see in the locker room people going through stats, through analytics, all that type of stuff. But I do think that it's very, I don't think sport will ever be completely you know taken up by the, Analytics. I think there's always going to be some characters like myself who are going to just you know do it their own way and not be so worried about that t- type of stuff. But you don't think it'll, comp- um, it'll replace grit,
0: the grit that you show.
4: Um, <laughs> I don't think so because you know I'm I'm so, you're right. I think I am. I think I should have been playing with the McEnroe and stuff because at the end of matches I just want to go grab a beer and stuff. But these days people just like they're so uptight. Like I don't know. Maybe I am <laughs> old fashioned. I'm not <laughs> sure. See,
1: you know, Nick, I listened to you, and I mean Chuck and I did this interview with Dave Ramos. And you're like kryptonite to these guys because they've got a phalanx of analysts, nutritionists, strength and conditioners, and a coach for the coach's coach. And you're going out there going, I don't have this strategy that you think I have. And they're all about taking a strategy and dismantling it so as they can win. So when you come without one... You're breaking their model, dude. You're breaking yeah, that, their
0: algorithms. That's, that's messing with their head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, But you're not doing it in a verbal attitude way in that sense that Chuck described. You are doing it on that level, but on this other level, you've basically gone around the back and pulled the plug out of their computer.
3: Well, <laughs> you know why? It's because it's the anti-analytics approach. Yeah, all right. Uh, because, and, and that's what I was talking about, frustrating the players. Like, you know, there are certain certain shots that are considered. Here's what I feel like in tennis is if you, if you make a shot and the guy can't get to it, you win. Okay. So thank you, Chuck, yes. for that. Thank you,
0: Chuck, for that. For yeah, that but for guess that what? Wisdom. Be-
3: but believe it or not, and Nick can tell me if I'm right or wrong, there are people who look at you like, oh, no, no, no. That's like, small ball or that's like cheap or that like you're not supposed to do certain things you know but to me it's just about placing the ball where the other person can't get it and that's Correct. it but yeah, that's, that's not about really that's really it's all it's about but it but but there are players who are like why don't you play me why don't you play me like you're not you're not playing me and it's like why should i play your game exactly. why yeah, should exactly i play right. your game Okay, you're saying He's Why crazy, don't you put- but
4: he, he's correct. He's right. I'm, he's I'm
3: right. telling you, this it's it's an it's an insane mental part of the game. That and and when Nick plays, he's like, "F your game." <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I in in to
0: beat you. <laughs> let me ask you a question. In line. I've heard I've heard tennis analogized to chess, where you make a move, you set up the next move, the person has to correct. go to a different part of the court, then yep. comes a winning shot. Um, yep. That requires strategy. You're not thinking every shot in that moment. You're thinking every shot in anticipation of shots that follow. So what happens if I watch enough videos of you and I get informed by my computer that this is a rhythm that you take and then I disrupt your rhythm because I know what you're going to do in advance? Are you nimble enough to change it up in that spot?
4: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I mean, my game, I think... Everyone in everyone in the top hundred or anyone on tour knows that the 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 simple way to beat me is either to let my, let myself beat beat me like beat, beat, me beat myself or because I'm so unpredictable every point's different my patterns are so different I mean I I don't even it's as simple as way to put it is I just try and I just try and my motto is always I serve big and I play big and I just try and keep everything on my racket I try and hit the ball where I think they're not going to be able to get it. Like, that's as simple as... I have no patterns, really. Like, I don't really... Um, it's <laughs> You remind me
0: what they said about Babe Ruth. So, all these modern players, they're, like, have these big muscle regimens so they can sit hit 700 home runs. And Babe Ruth hit seven home runs on beer and hot dogs. <laughs> that was,
4: mm-hmm. that was yeah. his strategy.
0: <laughs> he still did it.
4: My mindset might seem a little careless, but, like, I mean, I... I, I care a lot about it. It's just my, my my approach to it. Like, I mean I I watched basketball guys, like, you know how they come into games like with like different style with fashion. You can see their personality. Like I'm I'm one of the only guys that will walk around tennis courts with like hoodies on, like Jordan ones, like I don't know. I just kinda wanna do right, my what'll thing it. On take, court. What'll it take yeah. to get your ass into the top ten? You well,
1: nearly did it, didn't you? Well you were thirteen. Yeah, I
4: was I was I was thirteen and I didn't really have I didn't have a coach. I won three titles in one year. I was playing well but I've always lacked consistency. Like, I mean, I think a lot. Some of the top players, most every top player in the top ten, like they can work hard every single day, um, and you know they dedicate every small, little, tiny bit of their life, diet, stretching. Like, I haven't stretched a body part in about on probably in about eight years. Um, <laughs> like my, now, pro- you,
1: now you sound like me. I love it. Like, like, <laughs> like,
4: <laughs> profe- profe- like, my <laughs> professionalism and like my consistency is is def- it's got. Like, it's got a lot of room for improvement, but that's like, that's just what you're going to get. Like, that's, you know, you're going to have ups and downs, but like, that's, I've just learned to accept that really.
1: What if you did? What if you said, you know what? I'll have that stretch. I'll go and, I'll go and load up some AI and I'll think not about maybe my opponents, but maybe about my own game. But you might have
0: to do that as as the twilight years come. Because we, we you have to be, you know, smarter about it rather than more physical. You might have to rely on that.
4: Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. I heard it was like, he, he was like, yeah, but not no, now. I know, like, yeah. <laughs> not now. I Let's I push mean, back. My, my mindset is at the end of the day, it's tennis. Like, I'm not going to, it's not something I'm just going to stress over. Like, life's beautiful. There's so many, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I am, I'm blessed to be where I am. I play tennis at a very high level. I do it my way. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to, I think, I'm not going to dedicate my entire life to just this sport. You know, I've got other things going on. and that's it. Um, guys, we've got to take a quick break. And uh, Nick,
0: if you can hang out with us, we'd love to chew the fat with you in our third segment. That's what we like to do. So can you hang for Definitely. a bit? Okay. Definitely. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. Excellent. This is Star Talk Sports Edition, revolutionizing tennis. We'll be right back. Star Talk Sports Edition. Chuck Nice. Hey. Check, uh, Gary O'Reilly.
1: Hey, hey,
0: hey. All right. So, uh Nick Curios is going to stay with us as yeah, we as nice. we chew the fat. Thank you Nick for hanging on. And I, I, so let me just ask. You know, we uh, we were devoting this pro- this show to trying to understand what role analytics plays and when a tennis player can kick another at kick the ass of another tennis player. And you were just you,
3: <laughs> you broke that. You're just crumbling you that. Just <laughs> You're that. You're just crushing it. You're crushing break. that
0: whole you know, concept. The whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I tend to go against the grain.
3: Yeah, but you well, know what? That. I call, Like I said, in, when, when we first started, I call it in-game analytics. You know what I mean? I think that what Nick is doing is he's processing the analytics on a like, play-to-play basis, point-to-point. He's figuring out what's going on in situ and figuring out what he has to do to make something happen. And uh, I mean, you know, we call that improvisation if you're on stage as a comic or a jazz artist. But, you know, I think that's what he's doing. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, man. So you're saying Nick is the jazz
0: artist of tennis. I like that. Yeah, I like (laughs)
3: that. That's how I would describe it. It's more like jazz. It's like, you know what what the bass line is. You know what the melody is, right? But then all of a sudden, if you're in sync and it only works when you're in sync, Uh, If you're in sync, it's just like, okay, I'm going to go off on this little, like, phrasing here. I'm going to add something here. I'm going to do something different here. And you come up, like, with a completely different song right in the moment. You wrote a song in the moment. Mm. And it's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Or so oh, he, <laughs> <laughs> <I, laughs> yeah, he, he agrees. I agree I don't know I'm an this, athlete.
2: I'm no attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah. I just he's say it, stuff people he like. Yep. So it. I
1: mean, there's no athlete ever going to take that away. Chuck they're going to embrace that. See, the thing is the other, from my point of view as a former athlete in brackets Neil, if you imagine AI has uh, every tennis player has access to AI in the top 50, right? Then if you have car designs designed by computer, they all generally look the same. It's when this player, this car comes along, it's exotic, it's different. That's the thing you remember. That's the thing that stands out. You'll have a lot of players whose game is going to be based on very similar lines. Nick's is that standout. It's that point. So when they zig, he zags. When they zag, he zigs. Okay, He's but here's the thing. On a different cusp.
0: Here's the thing. Okay, I think people are under under recognizing what AI can actually do mm. so so what AI is not just a better version of what we would do if in its full form it is thinking in ways we have never thought
3: now that's true,
0: okay, just just to give an example um, the world of juggling right you know there, how many ways can you juggle three balls right there's you know there's two or three ways you do this they gave that. To a computer, this is even before AI was on the table. So she gave that to a computer with it and says, "Find us every way that works." A whole new juggling sequence came out that nobody thought of before.
4: Yeah, and but I think it's the way it's done is that is like the 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 most important thing, like. The personality is gone if it's AI, I think. It's not it's not really gonna be fun to watch.
0: No, no, but support. where well, no, because because AI could have more personality than you and say yeah, analyze it analyze what could. you've done and say that's pretty inventive. This is inventive. Here's another inventive one that I bet you hadn't thought of. No, you didn't think of that. Try yeah, that. what does it look like? What does it look like? I, I don't know. This AI figured that out. <laughs> 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 you, you, you don't want to be embarrassed by doing something AI told you to do that you could have done better. That's what you're saying.
1: Ain't gonna have swag, Neil. we need a swag AI.
3: Just program yeah. it that way. Up the <laughs> right. swag factor Yeah, Yeah. Right? So, so
1: you Nick know. how
3: that how's that how does that play into your existence with, you know, the sanctioning body with other players, and, you know, your life. The fact that you are more like a baller than you are a tennis player. You know, you, you, it, the, the way you carry yourself. I think it's a good thing. I think you're going to bring a lot of people to tennis. And I think that they know that. I think that they look at you and they'll never tell you this because you're um, unconventional. And so if, if, if I'm a sanctioning body, I can't condone unconventionalism. Yeah, can. That's a good I can't.
4: I can't. Yeah, but, you're spot on. Spot but
3: what I do know is this, it's good. It's good for my business. Yep. It's good. I know one thing, when you're on the exhibition courts, right, i never seen those stands more filled up. Right, right? Yep. And and not only that,
0: I mean, uh, I'm old enough to remember in real time watching McEnroe. No one would condone anything he said or did, but um, you watched the game, and they wanted to see what he was going to do next. And they loved it. Yeah, yeah, the love. They ust they loved. Not to analyze analogize you to him. I'm just saying it's an example, just what Chuck is talking about, where you're 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 too unorthodox to be endorsed by the agency. Right, of course, but secretly behind closed doors, they're like, say. Oh, this guy's oh, yeah. great. You're oh, just right. what they need.
3: Well, speaking of McEnroe, yeah. what do you think of, of what he said just about you a little while ago? What was that? Uh, he was like, Are you trying died. to start a fight? No, man, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't say it. McEnroe said it, okay? Don't get mad at me. I'm just okay. bringing it up, okay? I'll, you know what I mean? Okay, as as,
0: what did he say? What did he say? As far as
3: I'm concerned, he's old, and, and, and he can't play tennis anymore. So, you know, I mean, you know, Nick could very easily be like, have a a smile and shut the F up. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Nick could easily say that. So, right, but, right. anyway, here's what happened. Um... McEnroe was critical of Nick uh, uh, for about some, some on-court uh, comments and behavior. But then he turned around and he was like, look, this guy is super talented. This guy has everything it takes. If he really wants to be serious, then he should get serious. If not, he should go
4: do something else. Whoa. Yeah, those are big words. Those are big words. Mm. Those are big words. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I'm actually close with John because we play Labor Cup. It's Team World versus Team Europe every year. We have like a, it's like a Ryder Cup for golf. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. And um, what's that one called? Yeah. It's the the, the Labor the, Cup. The Labor, the Labor Cup. Cup. Interesting. I, okay, yeah, unfamiliar. And with that. Um, Team World versus Team happened. Europe. Yeah, so yeah, Team Europe's uh-huh. got Novak, Federer, Nadal. Like they've got like they're like the all star lineup. And then Team World, um, it's basically just me and and, and some Americans. And,
1: um, <laughs> I don't get too many people on my side. I like that. Damn. It's, like, then, it's uh, like
4: Marvel versus DC. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, um, and then, like, he's our captain. And once he didn't know me, like, once we met each other, we literally, like, bonded like crazy. Like, we're actually great friends now. Yeah. And then when he realized that I'm actually crazier than him, he's kind of just given up. Like, he's given up, like, he tried to, he tried to, like, give me some advice. And then, like, when he really just met me and just, like, how I was and just, like, he just knew that, like, no, no comment or anything he said was going to actually influence anything I did. Like, it just had to come from within. <laughs> and, and then he just, now we just, now, every time he talks to the after we finish, he's literally just, like, let's just grab a beer or something. Like, that's what it is. That's the chat now. It's nothing, that's like, cool. tennis. So, it's, and that's, and that's the way I prefer it, to be honest. Like, I, I, I understand that just, like, people are different. They're going to go about it different ways. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah, like you can't exactly. make someone do something they don't want to do, ever.
3: Right. right? Ever. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. Is there anything he's ever said that you were just like, yo, right on? Okay. You got, you got to me, man. You got to me. Is, is there anything that, that he ever said that did that to you?
4: I mean, everything he told me, like, I know that I need more consistency. I need to take maybe training a bit more seriously or recovery a bit more seriously. Everything he said, I've kind of, I kind of know. Like they're just highlighting it again. But um, I mean, when he talked to me about my behavior, I was like, John, like if you lived in today's day and age with social media, like you going out partying, like people on their phones videoing, like you would have been horrendous in this day and age. I was like, you cannot talk to me about your behavior. Like you cannot. And then he's like, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like you can't talk to me about my behavior because what you were doing, like you got defaulted once for... For breaking every racket. You couldn't actually, you didn't have no more rackets to play with. Like, how are you going to tell me about behavior? Like, do you know what I mean? So, right. I mean, like, I'm willing to give it back. Like, I look, I can take it. I take it every day of my life. Like, I wake up, I go online, I see negative comments. Like, I've, I've grown up just like getting hammered, hammered with negative comments. So, I can take it and I can dish it out like you would not believe. That's why, like, when like these tennis players come to me with like controversy and like on Twitter, like I like rub my I rub my hands because like I'm just ready to go to war.
0: Well, right. So that brings up a very important point. So in terms of the head game that goes on, you know, if half of if half of a game of tennis is your talent and the other half is like as as Gary let off um, describing, you know, in the old days we call it psyching someone out. um, Is it possible that someone could uh, perturb you uh, rather strategically in a Twitter thread knowing you're reading it and now you're a little bit flustered for your next game? Or are you above all of that?
4: No, nah, I'm, I'm like, I don't need a joke. What does it matter. feed you? Like,
3: Is, does that make no, you
4: better? I, like, you don't understand how much I love this like topic, like, of just like going out there and just getting in someone's head. Like, I love it. Like, I just do this. I just do like, for instance, when we change ends, so tennis is, I love, the thing I love about tennis like you change ends every two games, right? You cross ends. And then like, I just like look at my opponent every time. Like I'll just look at him and see how he's like, if he's looking anywhere, if he's looking at me, like, but every everything, everything I've noticed over the last like couple of years, like every time I cross ends, the opponent's always looking at what I'm doing. Like always. So straight away, I know that like I'm in, I'm in their head because they're thinking externally now. They're not even thinking about how they're feeling. They're just looking at what I'm doing how I'm doing it, if I'm talking to myself, self-commenting or just like playing with the crowd, high-fiving the crowd. Like I'm, I'm already won like half the battle. So now if I just focus on my game, they're, they're, they're in trouble. How
1: much of what you do is reading a tell on an opponent? Do you bother to do that? Because it seems like you are you are happy being you and I respect that totally. But do you get into the, okay, this is going to come now? Do you actually read it at that detail, that level?
4: Um. I'm, I'm not, I mean, like I, the, the thing about tennis that where you can, get, you can get away with, you know, maybe just like having a comment here or there or not even like focusing for a point or two is the scoring system like it helps you a lot. So, you know, I've got a really good serve. So if I'm holding my serve every time, right. you know, I'm, I'm giving <laughs> myself a very good chance to win the set. But the scoring system helps me a lot in the fact where I could just throw a game on their service games. Like I could just completely not even try to return a serve. And then all of a sudden, they're thinking, "What the hell is this guy doing? Like, this is not—we're supp- professionals. Like, he's not supposed to be doing this." And then I hold my <laughs> serve, and then the next game, they're like, "Oh, he's probably not even going to like bother return my serve." And then I win the first couple points on their serve, and then they're freaking out. They're complaining to their their team, saying, "This guy's—what is this? Like, this is ridiculous." And then before they you're know messing they're messing with their heads,
0: dude, you're totally you're messing, messing with them. them.
4: And I don't know if AI—I don't know if AI will ever be able to like. Mess with people's heads that way. <laughs> Do
1: you know what, Neil? Neil, you matter. remember, Chuck, you'll remember this. We interviewed Ron Darling. Remember him, the 4 series y- winning pitcher? He yeah. told us during the course of a regular season, he would face a certain batter, knowing they're probably going to face up to them in the, in the playoffs at some point. He said, I would throw him junk. I would throw him absolute garbage. And when we came to the playoffs, he'd be thinking he'd be getting the same stuff served up. And then and he then just smoke him, he trashed him, absolutely. So uh-huh. Nick, Nick's t- treading maybe not a well trodden path, but a, tr- a path that is in, a, in the yeah very similar. Okay, so let me
0: confess that probably that's the last thing AI will ever know how to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, if it's listening, it's probably already worked it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: guys, we got to bring this to a close here. All right, uh, oh, Nick, man. it's been really great having you. I no, appreciate it, guys. Just guys, getting so inside. Inside, sort of, the anatomy of tennis in general, and especially inside your tennis. Anatomy. Yeah, and I
4: was about to say this is not the general tennis. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, you're talking to a strange cat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we like that,
0: Gary. Good to have you, Chuck, pleasure. as always.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure.
0: So we got to, we've got to wrap it up there, uh, Nick. Thanks for being on this on on Star Talk. Uh, we we're delighted to have you get your insights not only into the sport but into yourself. Which was quite no worries. I love it. Excellent, excellent. Gary, always good to have you, Chuck. Thank you.
3: Always a pleasure.
0: Always there. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, bidding you to keep looking up.